You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to the All In Podcast, the podcast bringing you a new perspective on the dental industry. I'm one of your co-hosts, Shane McElroy, and our other co-host is here, Blake McClellan. What's up, Blake? How's it going? Uh, good, man. I, uh, I just took your advice from your phone call a minute ago and jumped in my pool. Oh, my man. I love it. Yeah, I, I got exactly nine minutes, two songs, and then I had to jump on a call. <laughs> so it was just enough to make me feel like my HOA dues were going to something. Nice. Yeah, ours is actually in our backyard. And I jumped into that pool and I saw a golf ball because we live on the golf course. And I ended up picking up six Pro V1s, brand new. So that's like $30 in golf balls. So you made money swimming. Look at that. Well, sort of. Um, I needed those balls, though. I'm headed up to uh, North Carolina tomorrow. I'm playing golf with our buddy, Dr. Dan Cook. He's an oral surgeon. Oh, Cookie. Yeah. I'm going to take his money, son. Yeah, he um, he's a good guy, man. I haven't seen him play golf, but I've seen him operate. And uh, stellar surgeon and just an overall comedic guy where you don't see a lot of people with personalities during surgery, right? Usually surgeries, everybody's, you know, you can hear a, a pin drop, but he's one of those people that keeps his composure. So he did, he's, he's done some live surgeries with us. And he's an awesome guy. Well, I'll never compliment him in person, but I watch that and play compare. When you're good at something, it's just easy, you know? Not- yeah, I mean, he took the, like, the gown and started tracing out like the joints and showing what he was doing. And it was a really neat surgery with him i mean the guys you know it's not easy to teach when you're got a patient you know spread open in your or even having some banter with me back and forth i was typing in some questions (laughs) i took him and and jim howell uh one of his partners out to tory pines to play a couple months ago he's he's not a bad golfer but no mercy Uh, he's not my account so i will not take it easy on him yeah so anybody listening what I figured out, a little life hack, if you want to play Tory Pines, you just become a BioHorizons customer and do enough and contact Shane. And this guy's like your chauffeur to Tory Pines. I've seen him out there. I think he's been out there like six times this year you've played out there. Listen, don't tell everybody, all right? <laughs> we do a number of courses out there. If you're doing the course at the hotel, you're staying there, then you're guaranteed a tea time. Well, that's what with Sharafi, right? Sharafi's course? Yeah, one of them. We do like a, a tour of our, our milling center out there, Precision One, and uh, Sharafi and Ferrier do their Teeth Express course, which is a great course. They do it all over the country, but it just so happens that I tell them, I guess I'm like, we should probably go to the one in Torrey Pines, you know? Yeah, there's the one where it's at Maggiano's Grill and you get, you know, the same old rigmarole, or you could go to Torrey Pines. I'll take the latter. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so what's going on, man? What happened for you last week? I've got some interesting stories to tell. Some war stories of the uh, had a busy week last week, but really for me it was this weekend. We had a garage sale. Wanted to clear out all the stuff. Our kids is Wyatt's our oldest. He's about to be six, and Ethan is three, and so we're getting rid of all the baby stuff. And I tell you what, that was the hardest I've worked for five hundred dollars in a very very long time. I thought you worked in dentistry. <laughs> well, no, it was exhausting. You know that's funny. I, my grandmother raised us up on that. I think that's what started my entrepreneurial mindset. She would take us and take give us a dollar and take us to garage sales on Saturday. We'd learn like how to negotiate and how to buy stuff. 
Uh, little did I know that that was going to be a thing. I would have tried to be Gary Vee a lot younger, but uh, a little late to the game. But yeah, heck yeah, that's how we learned how to shop. Yeah, my mom uh, was great at doing garage sales, like putting them on. And so I, I fell in love with doing that and learning how to make money. And I, I never really thought of it till now, but that really was my first sales experience. And then my one of my grandfathers, he was we loved to go to like auctions and garage sales and pick up basketball and baseball cards or whatever. So I mean, honestly, I think it's a great way to get kids involved in that early age to see if that's something they like. I, I still love going to garage sales and buying a bunch of stuff I don't need, but it's just fun for me. Let's talk about your son for a second, though. This was more than a garage sale. Your son, Wyatt, was out there hustling to to sell some lemonade, too. He made an opportunity out of the weekend. Yeah, share that. I, thought, I saw it on Instagram. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, so Wyatt, he's a really sweet boy, and, and you wouldn't think he's a a tough sales guy, but we set him up a lemonade stand. And I tell you what, dude, he got cutthroat. It was so funny. So first off, we have our Miss Carr, who's our 93-year-old neighbor come over, who's like family at this point, like the sweetest, sharpest lady in the world. And, you know, we'll never charge her for anything. Well, she comes up to the lemonade stand and with Wyatt, and she goes, oh, hey, Wyatt. And he goes, do you want to buy some lemonade? And I go, well, we're not going to charge Mrs. Carr. And he goes, yeah, we are. <laughs> and so he, she's like, oh, it's okay. But he had no problem taking money from a 93-year-old woman, which is pretty cut <laughs> in and of itself, right? But then our neighbor comes over. I won't say what his name is, but great guy. But he's a little bit of a tightwad, let's say. He doesn't like to spend money on anything. And Wyatt comes up to him and, and goes, would you like to buy some lemonade? And he goes, no, Wyatt, I'm good, but thank you. He goes, well, why don't you just try it? He goes, oh, I'm really okay. And he goes, you should just taste it. And he goes, okay, uh, I'll try it to see if it tastes good, right? So he pours like a, like a thimble full and hands it to our neighbor. The neighbor takes the little tiny sip. He goes, ooh, that's really good, buddy. And Wyatt goes, where's my money? <laughs> he's, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> it was it was a little awkward, but it was so funny, man. He just went like, just straight up extortion, dude. It was hilarious, man. I think that's a new model to sell dental implants. Here, just try one of my implants. And where's my money? You use my kit. You got to buy a 10 at least. I, I might, you might have to try that out. It may work. <laughs> you think I built my career, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. out with me and guilt trip people into buying implants. I don't care. <laughs> well, it's nice you got to spend time with the family. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing in dentistry right now is everybody trying to find time for, or trying to find balance. Whether you're a rep or an executive or you're a dentist or in the lab game, whatever it may be, it seems like everybody is feeling some bit of this burnout and this this exhaustion because they're not getting that family time. I mean, I know you're tired from the, the garage sale, but you at least got to do it with your family and kids, right? And from your own driveway. We had to ship the three-year-old over to my mother's house because... Ship him. Did you put him in a box? That's child abuse. Oh, we put him in a cage so he could at least breathe. So that's fine. He's a little wild animal, <laughs> but because every time somebody would like try to get a toy or anything, he didn't care about any of these toys until they're outside on a blanket and he sees somebody else about to buy it. And then he starts to take his stuff inside and I had to get, I called my mom real quick. I was like, can you go pick up Ethan? Cause we're not going to, this isn't going to go well. Don't act like you didn't do that to Martha when she tried to get rid of your 1970s outfits. Oh, please. I, I don't have any seventies outfits. Eighties. Maybe I'm not that old, bro. You're close. You're, you're not really a millennial. You're like pretending to be a millennial. Not pretending I'm technically am. And, and I was dogging on millennials. And then I looked up the, uh, the age range and I'm like, damn it. I am a millennial. It's kind of broad. Yeah, it's bigger than I thought. How about your weekend? Uh, it was a challenging weekend. You know, Friday, no, Thursday, I was at my office, my warehouse, because, you know, the medical equipment stuff. 
And um, I'm over there taking care of some stuff, and, and I'm remotely talking to my partner because he's at the ADA handling a no- negotiation with one of our manufacturers. You know, I'm younger and disruptive, so not a lot of these older executives respond very well to me. I'm just the young dreamer, right? So my older, less millennial business partner serves as a very good partner when it comes to these negotiations, and it's let usually he'll take the lead on them. So anyways, long and short of it is um, he's kind of a nice guy and uh, he's kind of getting abused on the deal, I guess you could say. So I, I flew out there immediately. I mean, I grabbed a flight at like, I think I've grabbed the ticket at two o'clock. I was on the plane by six o'clock and I live an hour and a half away from the airport or I was an hour and a half away from the Yeah, airport. you texted me actually and said, I may have to go to San Francisco. And then you called me like an hour later saying, I'm on my way to San Francisco. Oh, dude, it was a nightmare. It was a total rush. You know, I'm used to getting to the airport like three hours early because I just work from there. Because Atlanta, anybody that knows Atlanta Airport is a total wild card, not just the security check-in at Atlanta, but also the traffic to get to the Atlanta Airport. You've got two variables that could tack on an hour without any notice, right? So you're like, I, I tend to get there pretty early. Anyways, I get out there. I get to San Francisco at somewhere around 9 p.m. And I had to walk a mile almost, like 0.7 miles because anyways, long and short, had to walk about three quarters of a mile in a suit. And I get to this bar and the people we're negotiating with are kind of you know intoxicated and everybody's all feeling good. And I am not. So it went to this very heated argument inside some little restaurant and bar in San Francisco. And it was like two bulls, you know, you imagine like two deer or two male elk out in the wild and when they're rutting and you just lock horns and it's just, just a lot of force and fighting. It's exactly what this was like Thursday night. Wasn't too happy about that. And then it segued over into a Saturday morning mediated meeting, if you will, by one of their board members and my business partner. You know, long and short, I think it's all going to be good. These negotiations sometimes take some time, but. You know, you, you can never be too careful. You look at NDAs and things and you think that they protect you, but they really don't. And you know, that's the scary part about this is it doesn't take any time for someone to just steal your idea and try to cut you out, if you will, or go around your back. And so, you know, we were dealing with that. Not Yeah, fun. it's things that you can't just take people at their word or whatever. In business, you really do have to. It's kind of on you. Just you can have good thoughts about people. You can't really trust anything. For sure. I mean, for anybody that's ever signed an NDA or will sign an NDA, you got to think about what that actually does. And that's why companies are so comfortable with them. They, it, it's this false protection that in the moment anybody tries to, let's say you're a, you're a knight and you've got all this armor, you feel protected, and then someone takes a sword and hits you right in the chest with it, and then everything just disintegrates. It's kind of what an NDA is. It's only as strong as the company that's willing to fight it. You're going to constantly be dumping legal fees into it, and it's a, really a lose-lose battle. Both parties lose, everything gets delayed, and versus everybody could have just played along nicely. So lesson learned, careful what you share, careful who you work with, and always have a safety net in line. But it, it, it does look like it's going to work out though, right? Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's you, you lose the trust in the company. You know, I'm always, I live in a paranoid state. I mean, as an entrepreneur, or even just a, a sales person out there, you know, paranoia is real. You never know who's out to cut you out. Everybody's out to take care of themselves would never trust anybody to say that that wasn't the truth. So you got to go into any deal knowing that at the end of the day, these people are only looking out for themselves. They're not looking for the greater good or to be wholesome. 
it doesn't exist. Well, in the I think you can realm. go in with that perspective, but still be a good guy, right? Just you know, a little more protected, sure. but it doesn't mean you have to go in angry or on guard all the time. If you just take, don't take things for granted, you can go in with still with a positive attitude. It's not negative all the time. I, I my motto is hope for the best, plan for the worst. That way, you hedge your bets on both sides, and you and you build a, some security blanket. But then at the same time, you're going into it with optimism, because there are sometimes companies that will see the big vision and they'll say, "Okay, let's do this together. Let's attack this." You know, some are egotistical and they want to do it by themselves, and it just depends. Again, it's 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 just one of those things that in a dire situation, if you and I are in the desert and there's one bottle of water, I'm going to make sure I have enough water. Even with me? Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to take care of myself. No, <laughs> But no, I think that in most desperate situations, that's where people revert to, is taking care of themselves. The moment there's any adversity, people then tend to block off and go to what they know best, and that's usually for taking care of themselves. So long and short, it, it's, it could come out to a very successful negotiation and, and collaboration, uh, or in a couple of weeks, we're back at war again. We'll see. It's definitely taking a move in the right direction. It did let me have the opportunity, though, to, to go check out the ADA, not as an exhibitor, but as Yeah, I was going to ask you how that was. I saw you were with Dr. Brian Ballywas. Love that dude. I saw some pictures of him. Looks like he forgot to wear his socks, though. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Rico Suave. He was the best dressed there. Always is. He, he had his uh, ascot and all. <laughs> yeah, no, we met up on Friday. It was pretty sad. I think he had posted before. He made something on his story talking about it was a little video of a fan at the Clippers game reaching out to try to get a hand tap from one of the basketball players as they went in the tunnel. And he was like, this is what it's like being an exhibitor at a dental conference. And it's exactly what it's been. You know, It is sad. The model and how cheap and tacky this industry has set up the commerce section of this business. From If you think about it and empathize as a rep, we just talked about this on that one, our first episode on the podcast. It's it's not the same. And, and at the end of the day, these are human beings who need to feed their families too, these exhibitors, right? And just as the clinicians do. However, they're treated as if they're trying to con us or do something bad, or not us, I'm sorry, con the doctors or con the clinicians because of the way the model's been set up and they have to like hound you to kind of corral you into their booth. And the same thing for the clinicians, who wants to work with someone who's yelling at them and hollering at them to come into their booth? It's very cheap and tacky. So- I think that the whole model has been broken and we don't know how to disrupt it. So no one's trying to disrupt it. And now you're seeing more exhibitors than you are actual clinicians at these conferences in a sense. I mean, I'm sure at the ADA, there were more attendees than, than exhibitors, but there was probably a hundred plus companies represented at this thing. You know, it'd be kind of interesting the way I'd like to see it set up. If you, nobody had different colored badges and you had like a bar set up before the floor was open and so you're intermingling and no selling loud right you're just hanging out and introducing yourself to people man that would change everything because then you could build a relationship with somebody if you like and guess what they're going to come down and see you at the booth the next day to me that's a better way to do it because um, then that booth is set up to actually show off the product not try to snag people well it, it, you have to bring some value and and i think that with dia that was the goal right let's just give some booze and small room Everything will be good there. And then you add alcohol, free alcohol to any situation. It truly, it t- typically improves it with the exception of some college football games I've been to. If you think about the model, 
it's like you can you imagine if you were told hey to be a part of this organization you have to open up this email and when you open up this email you're going to get about 100 spam ads that just compile down or just come flying at you during your, your your reading of that email you would say heck no i don't want anything to do with that but is that not exactly what these dental conferences are set up as hey come learn and improve your career but by the way you need to make time to go through the spam tunnel of scenario because they're trying to keep the exhibitors happy so they're doing a good thing it's just it doesn't come out the way they want it to well no and it's not the ada's fault it's not any dental conference's fault it's the model and no one's been bold enough to disrupt it as a standard dia was disruptive in the way we did things but you can't replicate that if they could people would already be trying as they i think some are but you can't replicate that energy and all of what that was nor is that the answer to everything i think you have to find ways to let the companies that are being discussed at the conference be involved versus first come first serve i'd much rather see uh, let's take xnav for instance right xnav we've worked with them on, on implant compare very cool technology fun to play around with interactive and a neat little toy, whether you want to buy one or not, it's interactive and fun. Yeah, it's really cool tech. Sure. So take that versus Cutco Knives, which sadly, I think they sold a few, uh, quite a bit. Cutco <laughs> Knives is there? Cutco Knives. They had aloe hand rub. Wow. They had several booths set up for the chair massagers, those little $10,000 yeah, chairs. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? This, and they had several empty booths. And I've seen the same thing. Again, no disrespect to Hinman. No disrespect to these other conferences, but seeing the same thing at all these other events that used to, you couldn't find an empty booth anywhere. And I'm only talking about 10 years ago. Now, they're everywhere. And, and it's not an exciting energy. Brian Balawas, I, I use him as an example. And again, he does not endorse this message or anything I'm saying. <laughs> I told him I wouldn't throw him under the bus. <laughs> He's already confrontational enough. But he, he kept asking when we were together, we went around and met with some of the DIA sponsors and stuff and just talked to him. And he would ask colleagues when he ran into him. He goes, "Oh, what's cool? What's new?" And they'd be like, uh, "Nothing really. I mean, there's nothing." And it, because of the fact that it's not set up that way, and dentistry's been kind of desensitized to this experience as if it's just the norm, and it just shouldn't be. A exhibit hall should be a playground. Go to an alcohol show. Go to a home buying show. Go to a car show. More about building brand and getting people to play with. You know, the toys that are out there, not so much selling at that exact moment. It's it's getting exposure to whatever your product is. Sure. I mean, uh, I was supposed to go to Oculus conferences uh, at the end of this month, but it's schedule conflict. You go to one of those conferences and you're leaving with swag. I mean, you feel like you took a lot of value from that. It wasn't boring. It wasn't mundane. The reps aren't dying to get out of there. They're excited. They're, they enjoy it. The attendees love it. It's a real experience. So I think that there needs to be a major disruption in that model. And I don't think I have the answer, but... I think it's uh, combine Comic-Con with ADA and everybody has to come and cosplay. And I think you change everything. Dude, I love it. I love it. I want to go to the CareStream booth and see Juan dressed up as a like Yeah, a he's, got, he's on his boat enough. Probably could. Yeah. <laughs> How about how about football, man? It's back. Yeah. What do you mean, how about football? This freaking podcast fantasy football league you set up, you know, as if I had the time. Now I'm fully into this all-in podcast fantasy football, and I'm getting my ass kicked. And here's the best part. In, like, every league I play, I always somehow am the guy that finds the highest score of the week. 
So I don't think that happened in our league, but in my other two leagues it did, and it was pretty close in our league to being the same scenario. It's the worst. It's the most annoying thing in the world. I can't stand it. It drives me I had insane. The, we have 16 teams, which is a lot of teams. And I had the, the fourth lowest score, but I just so happened to be playing the guy who had the second lowest score. So I got really lucky because you would have beat me if we played head to head. But I got the W, baby. That's all that matters. That's what kills me. It kills me. I'm terrible at it. I'm just not good. I would probably enjoy fantasy football if I had won, but I think I'm about eight years in and zero championships under my belt. So obviously I do not know how to do the fantasy. I football. played a big money league and I've won it before. It's a lot of money. And for whatever reason, like I'm so much more into this one just for bragging rights. If you guys go to the all in podcast on Instagram, we'll give you guys weekly updates on who did the most points, who was the loser of the week and, and all the winners and losers. We'll give you posts on just a lot of trash talking, man. It's fun. All the doctors lost. So we had Jim Howe, the oral surgeon, Sherry Padgett, the cosmetic dentist, and Brett Langston, the prosthodontist, all three of them lost, which I find hilarious. There's got to be a bar joke about that somewhere in there. You got a prost, an oral surgeon, and a general dentist. Some kind of joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think that it's really neat. And you know, one thing that has been amazing in this process, because I know I got you to start making the Instagram and being out there and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. But man, I've never seen anybody run with it like you have. And now I'm a part of your journey <laughs> and you're taking me along for the ride. Dude, it's just fun. I, you know, this is the stuff that I spent extra time on just because, and my wife lets me like, if it was real work stuff, she wouldn't, but she knows how much I love, you know, uh, giving people grief or making a graphic that, you know, you're the, you're the loser of the week or whatever. It's a good outlet for me. I really have enjoyed it, man. And Instagram, it's, it's, I can't believe, I hate admitting you were right. I, I, I love it. If you embrace it, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to think, I'll take this moment right here and think every single one of the people who listened to our first episode and not only just listened to it and enjoyed it, they put reviews, they shared it on social media, they gave us direct feedback. I had no idea how well this would be received. And I'm just thrilled because it is an outlet for you and I. Oh, yeah. It is against the grain. Uh, Shane may be looking for a new job in, in three months. But, <laughs> you know, no, but I, I, it is absolutely the most exciting thing I've been a part of in dentistry since starting uh, Implant Compare. Because, you know, when we start Implant Compare, it's like, well, people find value in this way they do it. And then you get this cult following. And we're starting that with this. And all our intentions are is nothing about us at all. I mean, we're, of course, having fun with it and doing stuff that's interesting to us and hopefully other people. What do you think is the most important part of this for you from not just the podcast, but everything of you being empowered, right? And you're, you're come from a corporate world and corporate world's always about putting the muzzler on, uh, all of everything, right? They don't allow, and that's, I'm not just picking on about horizons. I'm just saying this is the corporate model for any company is you don't want to create liabilities for yourself. And now we're seeing with social media and what a great tool it is that companies are now empowering their employees to do such things like this. What do you think is the biggest takeaway for you? You know, for from the corporate side, yeah. And they need those things in place, right? Because they have shareholders, things like that. They gotta they gotta try to keep everything, you know, reeled in. But I've been pretty fortunate with my boss and our VP of sales and, and our CEO. They've really empowered me to kind of do things my way as long as I do it the right way. And this kind of thing, it's I didn't ask to do it. I don't need to, but it's just been the most freeing experience in a long time. Cause sometimes you do feel trapped. Like you get this, 
there's no really no outlet to do things and be creative. And I need to be creative and and do things differently than the average sales rep. I just banging on doors for me, put a gun in my head, right? So for me, this is a way just to communicate with more people, um, have fun. And, you know, I think Buy Horizons will end up winning from this, right? Get them more exposure, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm not doing this to sell implants. I'm doing this just to talk about what's going on in our industry, communicate with all the other reps and execs out there and all the entrepreneur does. I already know for a fact from some of the conversations I have from our first episode, it opened the eyes of some people on like the meeting side, right? Some of the dentists who run that to start understanding. They, di- they didn't see that perspective. How could they? Nobody's giving it to them, right? They're going to tell them what they want to hear. And we're just telling it like it is. We'll give credit where credit's due. And we'll say, hey, there's some improvement you need in this area. So it's a cool outlet for that. You know, we're never going to bang on anybody who doesn't deserve it, but I'm not going to not be honest. So that's kind of the freeing part for me is just everybody who knows me already knows I, I have not much of a filter anyways. So this could get really interesting too, especially if we get some interesting guests. Yeah, I think it's a very nice opportunity for these organizations to put their ear to the ground. I, I don't think there's anything bad about the ADA. Again, I'm, I'm worried that someone's going to follow me to my car one night after the grocery store and pipe my knees. But Yeah, but it's one of those entities that kind of help push dentistry along. And, and it's just the model starting to change now. But for years, they kind of led the way in a lot of stuff. No, it's necessary. And you can see the exhibit hall. They had some lectures in the exhibit hall. I don't think that they were ideal. I know as a speaker, if I had to be lecturing in the middle of this very loud exhibit hall, it would totally distract me. I wouldn't be giving that yeah. presentation. It's hard when you see someone in the audience just raise up their hand. You know, I, that, that still distracts me. Sure. So having this group, this room of people walking around and being loud, I personally am not a good enough speaker to be able to handle that. That doesn't mean that other people aren't. Uh, capable of doing so. But I do think that they all need to understand and connect with this community that's uprising. You know, like, again, we've got more women in dental school than men now. And this is still a very male-driven industry. It's still a very male-focused model and still a very male-influenced model, right? I think most of the boards are, uh, board seats are held by men in big companies. Yeah, why do you think that is, Blake? It just was just, basic scenario. I mean, it just was. The dentistry were, was male-driven at first, and now it's more female that I think there's no one at the top loudly representing the female demographic, and there's no one at the top loudly representing the new up-and-coming young sure. demographic. You know, obviously, there's a new young wave of dental students coming into the dental community every year, but I think now this community is banded together because of social media, and they're creating a new standard. And there's no one with their ear to the ground with that community. Typically, from what I've seen, the only ones, not the only ones, most of the people being listened to right now by these, you know, uh, the top, if you will, are just the ones who are trying to cash in real quick. And we're just being the loudest about it. But it doesn't mean that they represent the group as a whole. I don't think that I represent the dental Instagram as a whole. I'm, I'm a voice for it and an advocate for it, just as Stephanie Zeller or some of these other ones that are out there literally lecturing on this new wave of movement. But I don't think anybody represents the body as a whole because there's just so many different niches that you just need to bring a body or a group of thought leaders into your organization, hear their pain points, empathize with them. And that's the key, empathize over sympathize. And then try to change the culture. If you look at the most successful companies in, in the Forbes list, most of them have a work culture. If you go to Google campus, you go to Facebook campus, 
It's not just cubicles and little desks. It is more than that. It is a culture. It's a community. They build things around it. And I'm not telling you you need to put hacky sack and hammocks in the middle of the trade show at the ADA, but I think you should hear the things being said and be strong enough to pivot and say, look, we can turn down these five booths, bring in these five startups on a, uh, let's say an exhibitor sponsorship opportunity. Let's say it's a really neat product and maybe they don't have the funds to pay that $10,000 booth, but they are really neat. Try to create ways that great innovative products can get onto your show floor and not just the highest bidder, and it may change the experience, in my opinion. But again, it's going to take listening to the community. Yeah, that, that puts the companies in a tough spot there because you got to make money now, right? But you're basically saying invest in your future. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's hard, especially for the bigger companies, actually. It's hard as a small company because you need cash flow. But as a big company, you have to continually hit numbers all the time. You get a lot of expenses. So I, I think there's something to the companies need to change the way they do social media, and I think it can help connect with the different communities. And I think just by saying, well, women in dentistry, that's not fair. To throw them all in one group is ridiculous to me. Oh, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, that's, that's a good point. That is exactly what's happening. If you ask any female dentist or dental professional out there right now, I guarantee you they'll tell you they, they're not looking for their own little separate club and to be diluted down. No, there's no reason to do that. No, it's to be inclusive and treated equally at the head of the table. And I think one of the things too, the, the, the marketing companies and content creators that are having the most success are making niche content for very small segments, right? And a lot of content. But that's hard for big companies to understand because they want to overproduce it. I think that's what you do. You do dentists coming right out of school. That's obviously been done for a while. But now you do female dentists or minority dentists coming out of school and have content in small segments. And you have your older dentist who's getting close to retiring and having content specifically for them and having, I want to become a lecturer. And I've been in dentistry for like 15, 20 years. So I'm right in the middle, right? Have content for them. Don't overproduce it because that's just going to cost you a lot of money and start hitting people in smaller groups because that's a more powerful message that people can actually connect to as opposed to one, here's our big message and let's put the exact same thing on every platform and it's for everybody. It's just not the way it works anymore. Yeah, let's let's call it the the women in dentistry and put a pink logo and say, here you go. You know, that's not from the female dentists that I've just talked with or that I've talked to, that is absolutely not what they're looking for. They're just looking to be treated equally in the same and have every opportunity that they're in. Well, I think the, the company's hearts are probably in the right place with it, but they're maybe not empathizing like you said before and saying, how would that look to that person? Sure. How many empowered women were in that room when that decision was I think it's made? better if the women do it themselves and say, hey, would you help us, right? And come to the company. Yeah, that's a better way to do it because they're deciding, sure. hey, we're going to create this group. To me, that's a better way to do it than, and I don't want to say force feeding. I think all the companies are trying to do really positive things. It's a man's solution to a woman's problem. Same thing with, I think, female uh, medical professionals. I mean, I know it's, I can't imagine what it's like being a female rep in a very misogynist industry. I know friends who have been put in awkward Harvey Weinstein type situations, if you will. Oh, for sure. Come up to my room and let's have a drink. And who's going to say no to this important potential client? I've heard horror stories about this and it's really, it sucks. Bottom line. Sure. If I'm, I, you know, there's more men reps than women reps, right? So if I'm trying to be a shining star and I've already feel like there's a disadvantage because I'm a minority, and then all of a sudden, I get in this encountering encounter the situation. It's awkward, and I, I think even you know I'm going to push a boundary here. And same thing for African American reps. Oh yeah. One of the things I said when I won my first conference is that it's just a bunch of white dudes. 
And why? You know, why is this just a white male industry? I don't think that it needs to be that way. I don't think that's what dentistry is, but somehow that's what's happened. And I think they're just, there are some barriers that you and I are not aware of, the community is not aware of. We don't even know what females go through, what minorities go through. We got a lot easier in a lot of respects. We just really do. A hundred percent. I mean, in this industry, it's what is the standard or in the sense, the unspoken standard, and it should not be. I mean, there is not, I, there, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And it, it blows my mind. I think it's tragic. And I think it's, Someone needs to bring attention to it. We're doing it. <laughs> and it's an uncomfortable topic uh, as two white males are sitting here talking about it. But again, someone's got to bring it up. I don't think anybody's going to get mad at us for just bring, acknowledging this. And in the moment we acknowledge it and em- embrace the fact that there's a disadvantage for that and, and quit and just, just acknowledge it. And that no, no one did a premeditated idea like we're going to exclude everybody but white men in this industry. I don't think anybody sat on a table and decided that. No. But the more we're aware of that it is that it's happened, that it's a problem, and that we need to try to do something to build a bridge so that it's not that way. That's the first step. But secondly, we need to keep the we need to keep people accountable. You know, I mean, these stories that I've heard from, again from these uh, some of my friends that are uh, reps that are females. Man, it, it it blows my mind. I lost respect for some of these people that these clinicians or these directors and stuff that I thought were good ethical people, and come to find out. Just like Harvey Weinstein fooled everybody in, in the, the filming world, you know, he's there. This is happening in dentistry too, and someone needs to address And I'm going to let all those guys know if you know that when you drink some booze at a meeting or wherever and, and you can't control yourself a little bit, just don't go because it's so the way social media is now, that's going to get out and that's going to be real bad for you. And it should be real bad for you if you do something like that. So, yeah, no, I, I've had, I got a lot of friends who are female reps and they're, they're just killers, man. They're great reps. Better than me. I'll tell you that better than me. When it comes to customer service, follow up, compassion, knowing about the family, giving gifts and saying thanks, writing hand written letters. These are the things that men are not the greatest at and women are a lot better at and can be compassionate really is what it comes down well, to. Well, I think, I think it's just the individual there, but I think if you want to generalize it, then maybe, but I think just in general, there's some really just strong female reps. They just have to go through more stuff to prove themselves. And that's just not fair, it, but it's the reality. So we need to get, well, we got to get a female rep in. I'd love to get, you know, who I'm thinking of is Julie from uh, Hugh Freedy. Uh, I met her at a dinner one night in Scottsdale with, actually, I think it was after Voice of Dentistry, maybe, with Joe Marinfar and August de Oliveira, and, and she is just a rock star. She's a rep for the Southwest, but, I mean, I just, I sent her a message the other day because Bloody Tooth Guy was talking about Hugh Freedy on our uh, Instagram live chat, and I was like, you have to send this to the top. I don't know who is handling marketing at Hugh Freedy, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. Because he was talking about how he used all their instruments and no one from Hugh Freeze even contacted them to work together. And she's just on it. I mean, you look at, she's doing social media the right way. If I were a rep in the field right now, this is how I would utilize social media to, to help me be a better rep, but also help service my customers better and to grow the market share. And so I, that's one on my mind that she's just a rock star. Big fan of her. Ran into her at the ADA, and, and I really think she's doing some incredible stuff. Yeah, that would be great. Let's get her on. I just want to hear some of the stories just so I can understand. I think I do, but I'm not sure. Or Cami Craig. Oh, that'd be a good one. She's not even in the She was actually anymore. my competitor and, and straight cut. Though. A lot of respect both ways, but we actually didn't become that friend. Like We were never not friendly, but not 
real friendly until after she left Nobel. But she's out of the industry now, so she'll give us some stories, man. That would be awesome. Yeah, she's at Baxter now and, and working in the medical space. She's on call at a, a surgery product there, like a, a wound glue. You know, she's was one of the best reps, I think, that I've known in the game. Uh, she was really a hustler, go-getter. I never saw her stop. She was everywhere and you know, very powerful woman. Set when she decided to leave the dental industry, right? Just as a... Oh, mine, sure. She was just incredible. And we <laughs> went to head to head on a lot of stuff. Not a lot. We didn't overlap too much, but man, she was just passionate and good at what she does. I'm going to text Cammy right now. As you're saying that, that's a good idea. I like Cammy a lot. ADD boy right here, completely switching lanes. I'm just looking at thumbing through my phone too, looking at the matchups for this week. So I'm playing uh, in our fantasy league, just uh, playing Dr. Brett Langston. His team's called Oral Satisfaction. Uh, He's the prosthodontist at our league right now. I'm going to destroy him. Who do you got this week? Let's see. Oh, you're playing Howe, man. Oh, it's going down. Oh, that would be hilarious because he's got a really good team and he just lost by like one point. He had like second or third highest score in the league. Uh, who else is playing? Big shout out to Daniel over at Neodent. Had the highest score. Someone needs to bring Daniel down a peg. You know, he's just doing too good. You know, everybody loves him. He's crushing it at his job and he's winning at fantasy football. We need to bring him down right, a peg. It's just not fair. Uh, hey, Damon McFarland, you're one of my really good buddies. You've got a rep bio a little better. You had the lowest score. Come on, bro. Stop at your hair and start focusing on your lineup, buddy. Come on. No, that's awkward. When you said you were going to talk about that, I was terrified. I didn't see my score. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be that guy. Every week, we're going to show the biggest winner and the biggest loser. Uh, I think I tagged him with like epic fail on his picture on there. So if you go to the uh, Instagram page, you'll see that on there, man. I got some texts from him earlier. He won't pick up my uh, phone calls right now, but that's all right. He'll forgive me. He loves me. <laughs> Damn, I actually had training together. Uh, Damien was one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. He's out of Indianapolis. And if you could have a model of like just likable, smart, funny, always fun to be around and just great and passionate his job, that's Damon. Uh, so we'll definitely get him out here. He's just a great guy, but I will rag on him every stinking chance I get. Come on, Damon, step up your game, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to 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 have three, which I have right now, is just stupid to me. I, I'm terrified. I'm like, this is a full time job on its own. I don't know why I signed up for this. This is a horrible idea. I made you. That's why. I know. I get I get pissed off about. I just game. can't wait till we play. That'll be the real matchup. We'll have to come up with some really good bet for the winner or loser. Monday Night Football. We'll live stream it. That that's the deciding deal. I've just mandated what we're gonna do is we're gonna have we got 16 teams. If you do not make the playoffs, you are out next year. Of course, Blake and I will probably, if we don't make the playoffs, we'll be an exception to that rule. But we're going to do it like European soccer, where we'll bring a whole new crew of eight in to, to join the league. I think that'll be fun. We'll see how this goes, actually, and decide if that'll be fun. I'm down. I'm actually liking it. Uh, I told you. It's kind of, I forced you into this like you forced me into Instagram, and it's going to work out for you, bud. <laughs> I don't think this one's going to work out, but it's a lot of fun at least. <laughs> I got to go pick up the kiddos in just a sec. So what do you got for the rest of the week, bud, on your schedule? Uh, right now, I was supposed to go to Pay Raise course in Nashville, but uh, in order to make sure that I still have a marriage, not that it's on the rocks or anything, but just to make sure that I'm doing my part, I'm going to stay home this weekend and spend it with my wife. Well, my wife is – so I go to North Carolina. I'm giving a lecture on – I'm going to go play golf Wednesday. They're giving a lecture for DOMA on Thursday in Charlotte. Oh yeah. Uh, Tara and Liz. Yeah. So we did the first one together 
on social media. And I did the second one in Savannah solo. And it's funny, social media has changed that fast that I had to change that presentation after a few months. And then I'm having to change it again because the algorithms have changed and the successful content's different and how to get out there. So it's such a fast change of game. But I'm excited to do that. I like interacting with the office managers. They're, they're really into it. This is more like a workshop than what we did with it. It was a pretty large lecture. So it'll be fun. So then I drive right back. And then she takes off that night to go on a, a girl's trip for the weekend in Nashville, which is funny because Pay Ray's got his course over there. And uh, it'll be me and the boys. So if you guys get the itch to come hang out with my boys and help me, because I'll be terrified by myself, you just come on down to Peachtree City, bro. <laughs> That's a good form of birth control for me. I, I'm, I'm trying to delay this kid thing for at least another year. You so. have no idea, my friend. You have no idea. So. Well, before we close out, I want to add something into our podcast. Since you are a seasoned rep, I've had my years on the road. All the, as you know, we have a lot of reps listening. What's one tool that brought value to you that still has value for reps out there today that they could be using? So one thing that I wish I had done earlier in my career, I used to go to meetings and as soon as, as soon as I felt comfortable taking off the table drape and putting the uh, banner stands down, I was out. And now I don't. I'm usually the first one to arrive and the last one to leave and I use it to network. And I know that is a very generic term, but it's just think of it as making more friends and building relationships with reps, with doctors, with anybody, because those connections paid off tenfold later on, not only for friendships, but I mean, that's how we met Blake through other people and networking, things like that. I highly recommend it, especially if you're young, if you start early, I really probably waited five. It's funny when I got married, I don't know why, but I started spending more time in the meetings. Maybe I was afraid to go home or something, but it really paid off, man. And I wish I would have done it out of the gate. So uh, I like the, you adding that perspective to the show. But yeah, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd stay a little bit longer. I'd I'd spend more time with not just the same people every time, but expand your circle big time, even with your competitors. I know that sounds odd, but you could work with them tomorrow. It's a strange industry. So how about you, bud? What, what's yours? There's a lot. I would say more than anything, having some type of organizational tool like a CRM is a necessary thing to do. And if you're just starting out, teach yourself good habits now. One thing that I made a mistake on is not keeping an organization on who I followed up with, my line of dialogue. As they say, I think it's 80% of sales were closed on the seventh point of contact. So you realize you got to touch them seven times in order for you to finally get that deal done, especially in dentistry. So I think having teaching yourself the skill set of even making your own little CRM internally or leveraging one of the free apps or pay for apps out there, but utilize that type of structure before a company makes you do it or fit into their mold. And I promise you, you'll be so glad that you did. You may only get one more customer out of it, but I bet you'll significantly increase your uh, customer customer base because of the fact you're staying organized. And efficiency too. You're not going to be spinning your wheels as much. Right. You don't go and run and, and do a lunch and learn and then don't contact the doctor for a month. That's not the way to do things. You want to keep some balance. And so you want to make sure you keep a repetition there of once a week, I just make a little note. And, and I always log. So I'm, I, when I would sell, I would talk about whatever school they went to. Usually football is a very safe topic there. So I always made it sure I knew which school they went to and had some talking points about their, their football team or the basketball team. You know, that was the big thing. Well, look around the, the office. You see they like to go fishing. Maybe you can relate to them there or whatever. They got a family, you got a family. 
everything you need to know is in that office and make a note of it in your CRM. And that's exactly it. I mean, you walk in, you better start going to school and investigating that person. That's a good point right there. And there's so much software out there now that can really be useful. Just try a few, see what you like. And I'm not the most organized person. So uh, you're a hundred percent right. I actually utilize BioHorizon's internal one. A lot of our reps don't like it. I actually really do. Um, but that's probably because I'm strange, but there's a lot of good softwares out there. And a lot of them for what your purposes might be are very inexpensive. Hell, even use an Excel spreadsheet. Anything, anything. I mean, back in the OG days, we had a Rolodex. You know, you go look at Michael Scott. And if you watch the show, The Office, and he's got his Rolodex and he has little things that he does to remind himself. Carry a Rolodex down with us every day at their stinking phone. But shout out to Christy Brock, one of our reps for bio in Atlanta. She has one of those big teacher calendars and that's how she does her entire schedule. I kid you not. It is the most hilarious thing. That makes my head hurt. But if it works, it she works. She refuses to change it, but that's the way it is. So, Well, cool, man. Well, I'm off to go pick up the kiddos. Uh, it's good talking to you, my friend, as always. All right, man. Thanks for the chat. Have a great week. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.